Hey everybody, Brad Stevens here, founder and CEO of Outsource Access. We help companies redefine how they scale with offshore affordable staff from the Philippines. Congrats to all fellow winners of the 2023 Real Leaders Impact Awards. We are proud to be among you. About 10 years ago, I woke up to a major growth problem in my last business. Cash was tight, staff was overwhelmed, and tasks were not getting done. Then I discovered the world of offshore virtual staff in the Philippines where English is their second language, so there is no communication or culture gap. I realized outsourcing wasn't just call centers, it was access to college-educated Filipinos to support sales, marketing, operations, customer service, bookkeeping, personal tasks, and more. And in fact, the first woman I hired in the Philippines at 23 is now an award-winning COO of our entire company. It inspired me to launch Outsource Access. One client and YPO member, Ali Jamal, shared their offshore virtual staff Edison automated processes and saved them over 50,000 per year in the first few weeks. It's about finally getting things done and staff focusing on higher value activities. We've grown by over 2,000% in just three and a half years and will double next year. To receive a complimentary outsourcing playbook customized for your industry and to connect with one of our team here at Outsource Access, just visit RedefineScale.com. That's RedefineScale.com or text the word SCALE to 770-954-8440. Two months after hiring my first staff, she sent me a picture of shoes she bought for low-income children because of the opportunity. And now we support thousands of families and the environment with United Nations SDG projects. I'm proud we've grown with impact. To learn more, visit RedefineScale.com. Boom, what up? Hello, bonjour, and hola, real leaders. This is Kevin Edwards, your host here, and I am so excited. You're tuning in to one of our amazing experiences. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, real, and loaded with inspiration, guaranteed to support your impact journey. So sit back, enjoy the listen, folks share a review afterward, and always keep it real. In five, four, three, two, and one, welcome everyone to this episode of the Real Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards, and joining me today, folks, we've got the president and CEO of our Kirkhamer. Please give a warm welcome to Mr. Kevin Crosley. Kev, my man, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm great, Kevin. And uh, it's always always be, always be great to be talking to another Kevin. That's right. The Kevin Connection. We got double the trouble here today on the Real Leaders Podcast, Kev. But here today, we're not going to be talking about names. We'll be talking about impact, growth, and leadership. And that's really where I want to start this conversation was with impact. When I say that word impact, what resonates with you? Well, for us, because of who we are and what we do, uh, providing services for people with disabilities throughout Herkimer County, New York, it's a mission-based impact. Trying to create opportunities for people to enrich and empower their lives. And we do that as often as we can serving about 500 people throughout our county uh, with primarily developmental disabilities. But uh, we have been able over the years to create a number of social enterprises that allow them really truly to thrive in this community. And so tell me a little bit more about the model when you say creating social enterprises. What do you mean by that exactly? Well, most of the arcs throughout the country, and there are about 600 arcs that are throughout uh, the United States. We have 36 just in New York State alone. 
uh, are very traditional in the way that they go about their business. Uh, they're Medicaid-funded programs. The money flows from the federal government to the state government and into our programs. Um, that's all well and good as long as the Medicaid money flows and flows at the level to be able to provide those supports and services. But we've taken the tack that it's in our best interest to diversify our revenue streams. So we've gone about... Um, very strategically looking at ways to find uh, social enterprises, as we call them, other folks would call them business enterprises, to be able to not only create work opportunities for the people that we support, but also diversify our own personal revenue stream for the agency. Uh, so to sustain your impact, you want to create and partner with these organizations, these social enterprises, to continue to do that. Tell me a little bit more about this model and the innovation when it comes to um, social innovation, I guess. How does yeah, it work? Well, How does it make an impact? Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I've been the CEO here for 17 plus years. And, and when I came here, the board of directors was really looking for someone that could help develop some vocational opportunities for the people that we support. And you, you can't just do that overnight. Businesses need strategy and they need to be able to grow strategically. Um, and so one of the things that I felt that I needed was, was a win. And so one of the things that we did is we partnered with Goodwill and most people know the name Goodwill. And we opened a collaborative uh, Goodwill donated goods store here in Herkimer County. And it was the only uh, Goodwill throughout the 3,600 Goodwills that exist in the world that actually there was a financial partner that was a non-goodwill that was involved with running the store. And it came about as a result of a relationship that I had had with the CEO of Goodwill uh, prior to coming here to the agency. And uh, we developed a 51%, 49% uh, goodwill, our Kirkhamer uh, business partnership. We opened a store in Herkimer, New York. And for about 10 years, we ran it collaboratively, and it really was a great little success story. Uh, new management with the Goodwill down in New York City decided that they needed to close their upstate stores. Uh, but they actually encouraged us. They said, look, you know what you're doing. You've been doing this for 10 years. Why don't you guys do it on your own? So we did. In the last five years, we've actually been running that store by ourselves, uh, providing work opportunities for the people that we support. And now the revenues for the organization, it's 100% owned and operated by us. We've had the five most successful years that we've had in the 15 years now that we've been running this store. And that was really kind of the impetus for the board of directors here at the agency to be able to say, well, okay, that obviously worked. Let's see what other things that we can get into. So from there, we uh, have taken on a number of different facilities and you know, we have an 18,000 square foot safe quality foods facility where we operate um, at a uh, safe quality foods level number one. We have a 63,000 square foot warehouse and distribution center where we work with a lot of uh, companies to do their warehousing and distribution of their products. We have a 73,000 square foot mall where we have not only tenants, business tenants, but we also provide more work opportunities for the people we support. We have a 120,000 square foot business park that originally we took on to put tenants on one side and then industrial operations on the other side. And it grew so much and has grown so much over the last 10 to 12 years that the entire facility now is pretty much taken over by tenants. So again, another revenue stream that the organization can realize by leasing out property. And then on top of that, um, 
the last three years, two weeks into the pandemic, we took on uh, a 175 acre golf course, 18 holes, restaurant and bar, and an event tent uh, that we also own and operate now. And you know, all those enterprises together involve about 200 people that are about two thirds people with disabilities and about a third uh, folks that work with without disabilities. Uh, working inclusively, which is a huge uh, buzzword in our industry right now. And, you know, it's become really collectively a very large social enterprise and a big part of our business. And Kevin, when you think about the challenges people with disabilities face in terms of getting employment, what what comes to your mind? I'm sure there's a plethora of things. Of course, we want to generalize. There's a lot of different disabilities, but generally speaking, what, yeah, what, what primarily. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question, Kevin. I mean, we we primarily serve people with developmental disabilities, and uh, a lot of those folks may not function at a very high level as compared to what you would consider uh, a quote normal person to be able to function. Um, and so, a lot of the jobs that we have here that we've created in those various enterprises that I mentioned, we've broken them down into uh, bits and pieces to allow all kinds of folks at all different ability levels to be able to participate. And so uh, everybody loves work at the end of the day. It's, it gives you a sense of pride. Um, there's, there's an awful lot that goes into it. And to be able to sit back each day and realize that we have about 135 people with disabilities working in these various entities that we've developed uh, is a very rewarding way to finish uh, every day at work. And, you know, they're they're pleased, they're happy, they love the work. The goal, though, interestingly enough, for organizations like ours is to not only grow those enterprises if you can do it, but you train people to get them to a certain point in their life. And then the real goal is to give them to somebody in the competitive employment field. So it's a little different business model where you're looking at it from the perspective that you're making people the best they can possibly be, and then you give them away to somebody else. Um, but that is who we are, and that's our mission, and that's what we've been carrying out here for uh, at least the last 17 years since I've been here. It's all stepping stones and building blocks to then get to where you want to go, very consistent with your strategy, but also the people in the organization. Help me understand a little bit more about like the collaborative opportunities, you know, for any business there's like, you know what, I want to partner or co-create or collaborate with an organization to grow my business in an inclusive yes. collaborative way. What's been the kind of the secret sauce for you? Well, I'll tell you, and it's a great question because the secret sauce is really uh, to go out and find the people uh, in the world, professional people that had experiences in growing businesses and enterprises and not be afraid to hire them and bring them into an organization that traditionally does not look for those people. So I knew when I got here, the first thing that I needed to do was um, find a vice president of operations. And I went out and we searched in the for-profit sector, found an individual uh, who had, fortunately was looking to relocate back to this area, had been in the for-profit sector for 17 years in manufacturing, and he has been with us for 17 years at this point. And then, you know, coupled with that, it's one thing to be able to pull things off from an operational perspective. It's another thing to actually have the work. So we went out and we found professional salespeople, uh, people from the outside that had had professional sales experience. 
And those are the folks that have gone out. We have a couple of different ways to approach it. One of them is on the commercial sector where we would go out and talk to for-profit businesses and see if there are things that they do that aren't really in their core competencies that maybe we could do for them. And the other is that we do an awful lot of work in the uh, state uh, sector. Uh, there are programs in New York State uh, that allow you to be able to develop products or services and uh, have those products and serv services purchased by state entities. Uh, and so we're very active what we're, what they call the preferred source program uh, in New York State as well. So, you know, we've, we've taken the approach that you need the right people. Uh, I think one of the mistakes that our industry has made over the years is that they have some talented people in their organizations. And a lot of times what they'll do is they'll say, well, you know what? Gee, let's try this. Let's just take this person from this side of the business and move them over and see if they can help us develop some kind of business enterprise. And most of the time, the skill sets that that individual has is really not consistent with what's needed. Uh, and as a result of that, they get frustrated, they fail, and so they, they kind of give up the ship. Uh, I'm not saying that we're alone in the ARC world that we've developed these enterprises, but I will tell you that we're in the very, very small minority uh, to be able to do these things, and to do them consistently, and to make them work. It, it's it's awesome, and it's great to like learn from someone else who's in a completely different space, who's, who has a unique model, but it seems like what's consistent is if you do have a proof of concept, it just kind of gets like easier over time as you continue to like refine that pitch and build upon the success that you have as if you're going to go out and get another uh, loan for a home, right? You've got proof of right. a business right. working, right? Well, and you know, they, they, they talk, uh, well, back to good to great. Um, you know, we chatted about that beforehand and uh, yeah, they talk in there about this 5,000 pound flywheel and, you know, it takes, and all kinds of energy to get that flywheel moving. And it's almost like a locomotive, really. And yet, once you get it moving, and once you get it spinning, and once you get it moving forward, it's hard to stop that momentum. And I think that that's what we've done. And we've done pretty successfully as we've built on our momentum. Um, I also think that you know, you really have to, in our sector of business, which is the 501c3 not-for-profit sector, you have to be willing to take reasonable risks. And that isn't in a lot of vocabulary of a lot of not-for-profits. You know, their boards tend to be fairly conservative. And that's okay. Uh, there's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but we really are truly looking to develop enterprises. And we feel that by doing that and creating those work opportunities for people and diversifying our revenue streams, that it really is serving the organization overall much more uh, than it would be if we just traditionally provided the regular services that that most of the ARC in the country provide. Makes sense, Kevin. And like I like how you're saying that, like, you know, it takes a long time to kind of get that locomotive yeah. up and running. And for anyone listening out there, that's really, really important to hear. Um, because a lot of times it's like, man, I work so I work my butt off, to, you know, for so long, and I just I'm not seeing the results yet. But powering through, uh, and then you have, as you said, that momentum. My question to you now is evolving around leadership. Let's go on the book, Good to Great. Is okay. the difference between a level four and a level five leader to you? Right. What's that difference? Well, you know, I. It, being humble, of course, I want to say that I will never be a level five leader. Uh, but, you know, I, I just think that 
making those leaps and being willing to stick your neck out there. Um, back to the whole concept of taking reasonable risks. And then some of the risks that we've taken candidly may not even be reasonable. They, uh, people from the outside would look at us and say, well, what are you guys doing? I mean, how could you possibly jump into something like that without really knowing exactly what you were doing? But I will tell you one of the things that has worked tremendously and, and um, has been my ability locally to network. Um, I was not from uh, this area. I did not know a single soul when I came here. I am a central New Yorker, but was not uh, at all affiliated with the Mohawk Valley, which is where we're located. And um, what I learned early on, and I knew intuitively, is that you gotta find about 10 or 15 people that you really need to get to know. And even if you need to get to someone else, if you know those 10 or 15 people, they can get you to those people. And what I've found is that of all those enterprises that I mentioned to you, uh, the 73,000 square foot mall, the 120,000 square foot business park, and the 18 hole golf course, restaurant and bar and event tent, they were all donations to our organization. And they were donations because what a lot of the business people in this community saw is that when we took on something, we did it right, we did it first class, and they appreciated the fact that we were really improving the region and the area, not only for the people that we support, but for people in the community. Our tagline here at the agency is building community. And that's what we do every day. You know, it's not just for the people uh, with disabilities that we support. So we take it very seriously. Um, we're kind of a big fish in a small pond here in Herkimer County, New York. We're one of the largest employers. I think we're the second or third largest employer in the county. Uh, and as a result of that, we, we take ourselves very seriously. So, you know, jump into that level five, you know, uh, I'm going to have to let somebody else put the crown on, on my head if that's what they feel. But uh, I think I'm always striving to continue to, to be the best that the best of, of Kevin Crosley that I can be. Um, and if that gets me to level five someday, I'd be very happy about that. Well, great leaders are, right? And I think what's always interesting is like, this is a totally different area, you know, than my business. And I'm sure than a lot of others that are listening to this out there, learning and gaining these insights is just so valuable when you look at another industry. I'm curious to learn, Kev, like, where are you looking next for the organization? How are you thinking about the future of our Kirkmer? Well, I think uh, our industry has been strapped since um, COVID hit. Um, there was a reality check for a lot of us. I think uh, like many businesses, we've had difficulty in recruiting staff uh, for a variety of different reasons. And uh, I do think that that currently in short term has been a, a dilemma for most of our industry uh, and continues to be. It's certainly the number one thing on the, I know at least the arcs in New York state uh, know that that's the number one issue that uh, we're all facing right now is making sure we have quality people to carry out the supports and services here. But we have other plans um, going forward for sure. Uh, I want to build off the strength of the uh, 175 acre golf course. I'd love to put up an event center. We've already had a couple of donors come forward. I'd like to put up a small hotel because we're so lacking for hotel space in Herkimer County, New York, and make that mm. part of and center. Um, and again, all those things create jobs, more jobs for the people uh, that we support here at the agency. And we have some acreage that we're looking at doing that in the next uh, two to two and a half years. Um, 
just another one of those ventures that, you know, is really going to fill a niche, we feel, that doesn't really exist uh, in our area right now. And, you know, I came here um, with my eyes wide open. You know, I, you know the area that we're in, um, there was a lot of negativity for the last 30 years, the gloom and doom and all the manufacturing moving out of New York State. And, you know, the world's going to end and all the kids are leaving. They're not coming back. And and yet when I came here, because I didn't bring any baggage with me, I really came with my eyes wide open about what the possibilities could be. Mm-hmm. And I think that ultimately that is what has led us to be able to do some of the things we've done. And because I didn't have necessarily really even relationships with people where sometimes, you know, if you know somebody really well, you're even afraid to, to do something you feel might offend them. Well, I didn't know anybody. So you know, I just went about my business the way I felt that we could grow the organization. And and uh, we've fortunately been, you know, successful in that vein. And it's been recognized. And I appreciate that, uh, not only by um, the region and and, uh, and Herkimer County, but by the industry as well. Um, I've really enjoyed being able to share and talk with other organizations and try to assist them along the way to do similar type things. You don't have to do the same thing, but, you know, uh, I, I do impress upon people. This has been a 15-year deal since we really started to to move on this stuff. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, some businesses can can turn it overnight. Uh, we're not a kind of business that can do that. But if you don't start, it's never going to happen. So I think at the end of the day, um, you know, people can see that you know these things uh, have really served us well, and and maybe there is uh, an opportunity for them to to try to start something along those lines. Well, many sage remarks here on the podcast today, Mr. Crosley. Appreciate your time coming on this show and drop some knowledge on everybody. I love the inclusive approach. I love the collaborative approach with the community, the governance, your employees, your customers, uh, and everyone that's involved at the organization, including the donors, of course. Um, In all of this, what is your definition of a real leader? Uh, open communication and uh, a good listener. Uh, I, I think uh, if you have those two things, uh, it takes you an awful long way. And and the, the C-suite. Um, I would say this. You know, I, I think most CEOs, uh, as I'm sure you know, Kevin, from from doing what you do, uh, most CEOs have egos. Um, you know, everybody has an ego. Um, I think. The critical part of it at being a CEO is to make sure that your ego is subordinate to the good of your organization. And if you can always keep yourself in check and make sure that your ego is in check, um, that will get you a lot further, especially if you're willing to share. Uh, I have been an open book since I've been here. Always told the staff, you know, where we are, where we're going to go, how we're going to get there. Bottom line is you can't do it alone as a CEO ever. You need a great team. I surround myself with some really talented people that have been able to carry out a lot of the things that we've done here as an organization. I love the team concept. I grew up uh, as an athlete through high school and college and in team sports and have always loved the uh, the team sport concept. And so I've kind of carried that into, into my life as a, as a CEO and, and try to build on that as a as a coach and maybe a mentor for some of the younger uh, members of the, of the team and, and uh, show them how we can implement strategies and also not marrying 
everything that you do. I, I think that there's so much that you put into things sometimes that that people tend to to kind of marry it. And I've said all along, we're not married to anything here. If if we get into something that doesn't work, let's just you know pick ourselves up and say, okay, look, we you know didn't work. We're gonna we're gonna stop doing that. Uh, and we're going to move in a different direction. And we've done that a couple of times. And to not be afraid to do that. You know, we all make mistakes and, you know, we're all human. And the bottom line is just don't compound the mistake by by trying to beat a dead horse. And so we've had a lot of success because of the fact that, number one, we don't take ourselves too seriously. And, and number two, we're not afraid to say, hey, you know what, this isn't working. Let's Let's go in a different direction. Powerful. For Kevin Crosley, I'm Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there, check the ego at the door, and always keep it real. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. Hey, Relators, thanks again for listening to this amazing episode. And if you're someone like me who goes all the way to the end just to make sure I can extract as much information, education, and inspiration out of every single interview, might I suggest you check out our magazine. If you go online to Relators.com today, you're going to get the first 30 days for free where you're going to be able to access all of our magazines courses, and live events from some of the top thought leaders around the world. All you have to do is go online to realleaders.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner to get your free 30-day trial right now. Again, that's real-leaders.com. Thanks again for being a real leader and always keep it real.